In this episode, I am joined by Amazon listing optimization expert, Emma Tamir. We dive into how to make your brand and your Amazon listing stand out from the competition. If you want to learn how to turn browsers into buyers, then this is the episode for you. Let's go. Hey, hey, everybody, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 147 of the Private Labeler Show. I'm your host, Nick Landowski, and I'm making it my mission to help 1,000 people quit their jobs and start a successful online business using the power of Amazon. So I have a question for all of you out there in podcast land. How the heck are you doing today? How's your day going? Hopefully you're well. And hopefully you are kicking butt and taking names in your business and getting out there and making it happen. Um, I just wanted to real quick say thank you to everybody that has been recently sending me emails or messages, uh, showing some love for the podcast. I greatly appreciate all that. And it really does mean a lot. And also thank you to everybody that has recently left reviews, whether that's on iTunes or other platforms. That is greatly appreciated. And if you haven't left a review yet, if you could please do me a huge favor and leave a review, that would be awesome of you. And before we get started, a little bit of Amazon 411 news for you guys in terms of uh, being able to send inventory into the FBA warehouses. It appears that more and more sellers are allowed to create those shipments and get that merchandise shipped in, whether it's essential or non-essential. So make sure you guys are double checking that. And uh, if you've been waiting on the sidelines to get that inventory in there, it appears things are kind of moving along when it comes to that. So just check your account and see if you can create those shipments. Because I know that's just been a huge uh, pain point of frustration for the majority of sellers over the past few weeks, but it appears things are kind of, kind of getting better when it comes to that, okay? And dealing with uh, the, the situation that we're all in right now. And just wanted to give a quick little shout out of recognition to all the actual Amazon workers out there, the fulfillment center workers, as well as the delivery drivers, and also like the UPS guys and the FedEx people. You guys are out there kind of making it happen for everybody right now with everybody ordering online. So thank you so much uh, for everybody out there grinding, delivering, delivering our packages right now. It's very much appreciated. And uh, just throwing it out there, guys, um, you, might, you might have seen a few weeks ago, Amazon was looking to hire 100,000 people just to keep up with the man. And I seen what a few days ago that they're looking to hire an additional 75,000 workers just to keep up with the growing demand. Now, unfortunately, a lot of small mom and pop type of businesses are really hurting right now. And my heart breaks for that. It really does. But business is shifting right now. Like things are shifting more online. And this uh, situation that we're in is just kind of accelerating that. And unfortunately, some of those mom and pop businesses that have shut down, they're, they're just not going to open back up. And as much as that sucks, platforms like Amazon or Walmart are going to be taking their customers because those customers have to go somewhere. And it's uh, looking like Amazon is kind of like the platform of choice for everybody. And uh, for everybody selling on Amazon, that's obviously a great thing. So if you've been on the sidelines waiting to jump into Amazon, whether it's a good time or, or whatever to launch a product, it's never been better in my opinion, because there are more and more buyers. Like the pie just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I can tell you that Amazon was a monster years ago, and it's even bigger now. So the best time to get started is right now, everybody, if you're on the sidelines. Okay, so time to get after it here now. So in a second, I'm going to be joined by Amazon listing optimization expert, Emma Tamir from Marketing by Emma. 
Now, I'll be honest, guys, I had an absolute blast talking with Emma on this podcast. And uh, it really could have been hours long. We were just kind of nerding out about talking about sales copy and just kind of all things related with listing optimization. And um, I just absolutely love talking about this stuff personally. And if you don't know who Emma is, she has worked with lots of sellers and brands to help them grow their businesses, essentially to churn browsers into buyers. The browsers potentially looking at your products on Amazon. How do you turn them into buyers? So that's what she specializes in. And she's been a speaker at various seller conferences in the community. And I'm super excited to have her here today to share our her knowledge with us. And uh, we're going to get into all things listing optimization. And by the end of the podcast, you should have gained some knowledge and cool tips that you can implement right away in your business to help you convert more sales. So stay tuned to the very end as usual, as I will recap our conversation and for any like links or show notes or anything like that mentioned in the episode, you can go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash 147. So without further ado, let's get after it and talk to Emma Tamir from Marketing by Emma. Hey everybody, please welcome Emma Tamir to the show. Welcome Emma. Thank you, Nick. Great to be here today. Glad to have you. This is going to be awesome. And uh, Emma, if you wouldn't mind, could you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, maybe a fun factor, kind of what you're doing on this quarantine lockdown time to pass the time by. <laughs> so I have been doing a lot of reading and a lot of writing, which isn't really that different from what I normally do. And I've also uh, been walking my dog a lot. It's one of the few times that I feel like being in a small town in the Midwest is actually better than being in a large city because we have a lot of green spaces where you can stay very socially distant, but also not feel trapped inside. So it's actually a pretty good place to be quarantined Sounds if you had to, you know, if you have to be quarantined. I guess. Yeah, we do have to, unfortunately, for, for the, the foreseeable future. So uh, if you could just kind of tell us just a little bit about yourself. I mean, you're, you're into to sales copy and obviously Amazon listing optimization. Uh, if you could kind of just let us know, like, how'd you get involved in that and uh, kind of what your current um, business is in that space? Definitely. So I am the co-owner of Marketing by Emma. And you're right, we do focus a large part of what we do on Amazon listing optimization, as well as marketing writing for e-commerce more generally. So everything from Shopify sites to uh, any other types of really foundational marketing writing that your company may need. Uh, what I really love to do is digging into who your brand is and then helping to communicate that in a way that's going to be really compelling to your dream customers. Uh, so I started in the marketing space over 10 years ago. I was in college and didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I'd always been a strong writer. And so as I started to get professional experience, even if I wasn't in the marketing space, I would always end up getting pulled into helping with newsletters or blogs. And so my curiosity and interest in that uh, just continued to grow over time. And that's what led me to doing a lot of different things, living in a lot of different places, and now having uh, Marketing by Emma and getting to work with amazing companies from all over the world and helping them grow their businesses and launch their products. And it is amazing. 
Well, that does sound amazing. So we are going to dive into all things Amazon. Obviously, the majority of people listening are selling on Amazon and or Shopify. Uh, they're launching products and brands and trying to grow their business. So we're going to kind of nerd out a little bit and, and talk some sales copy and some tips and, and strategies and techniques to help people grow their businesses, drive more sales, things like that. So I guess just coming out of the gates, um, you work with you know, a lot of Amazon sellers, a lot of brands that are on Amazon. Um, you've probably seen some cringe things out there, things that you see over and over again are like, oh, why are people doing this? Um, you know, it's not good or whatever. I'm sure there's a few things that are coming to your mind right now, but what are some of the bigger mistakes that you kind of see Amazon, Amazon sellers making when it comes to their listings? one of the biggest mistakes is that a lot of people tell themselves a story that nobody reads anymore. And so as long as you have the keywords that you need, you can kind of throw something up on your listing and it's fine because people are going to look at pictures, reviews, and that's the end of the story. And it's really not. And even more so as you no longer have this automatic trust that you used to have on Amazon. Like, Back in the early days, most people didn't even understand that there were third-party sellers on Amazon. So they just assumed that anything that they were purchasing online or on Amazon, Amazon was selling. Now there are more and more stories coming out about counterfeit products and uh, goods that don't meet basic safety criteria and all of those different things. And so because of that, customers are growing increasingly uh, concerned about making sure that the goods that they're receiving are in fact up to the quality that they're expecting and requiring in order to bring them into their households. So making sure that you are, are presenting yourself to the very best of your abilities is something that you always want to do, but now with a little bit less automatic trust right out of the gates, it's even more important. So really making sure that you don't have even little things like typos or grammatical errors, seeding any potential doubts in your customers. So that would, I would say it's, it's really uh, shocking how even large brands are making that mistake. And I would say the second thing is just not incorporating all of the necessary information that a customer would need in order to be able to make an informed decision about your product. Like as a consumer, I constantly feel frustrated by that when I'm looking for products. So whether it's wanting to know uh, the dimensions of something or whether it's compatible with this particular device that I need to use it with or uh, what the, I don't know, of course, now I'm, I'm blanking on other examples, but all of those little basic things, it's very frequently sellers are forgetting to include them into the listing. And so no matter how great your marketing copy is, if you're not making sure that you're also including those details that customers need to know, then you're just handing the sale to your competitor that is including that information. Yeah, it's so true. I know that's the same way with me as well. Like dimensions you mentioned that's, you know, like things like that, if it's not easily accessible on the listing somewhere, then, you know, you kind of just lose interest right away and you go off to the next listing and it's like, then you lose that potential sale. So I just, I think that's really important. Yeah. If you're selling a product where 
you need to kind of express that type of information, compatibility, that's huge. If you're selling tech devices or, or what have you, just making that information easily accessible somewhere on that listing so that they're not going to have to jump through hoops to try to figure that out, you know, like making yeah. it as easy and seamless as possible so that they can make that decision just like that. Cause more than likely they probably started out that search on their phone and maybe they're kind of just on the go and you know, they don't want to sit there and have to like research information that you should be giving them. Right. And I think that sometimes sellers feel like it's not necessarily a detail that they want to be prominently displaying on their listing. And so they hope that maybe by not including it, then people just won't think about it. But hoping that people won't find a piece of information is not a very uh, long-term business way of thinking about things because you shouldn't have to hide information in order to get customers. So in fact, if you know that this particular uh, ingredient, let's say that you sell a skincare product, and it's an ingredient that some people have a particular sensitivity to, but even more people really love that ingredient because it makes it play really well with other skincare products. So by, by making that uh, prominent in your listing, you are first helping the people that that's not going to be a good fit for them figure that out quickly so they don't have to dig around to figure that out or worst case scenario, think that it's safe for them. They get it home, they look at it more closely, they realize that it has that ingredient or they put it on their skin, have a poor reaction in both of those situations and you're going to have an unhappy customer, you're going to have a return to deal with, a potentially negative review on your hands where you could avoid all of those things if you made it very clear, just right, like right, front and center that this is not who it's for, which that seems a little bit counterintuitive, but it will actually make people trust you more if they understand that you have their best interest in mind. Sure, sure, excellent. Now, um, we were kind of talking briefly about this before we jumped on here. Obviously, coronavirus is what's on everybody's mind right now. You can't avoid it. And uh, it has affected everybody to some, some degree pretty much all over the globe. And it has affected uh, sellers as well, e-commerce sellers, Amazon sellers. And uh, I, I think it's worth mentioning that, yes, we're, we want to talk about listing you know, optimization and sales copy and all this and that, but um, buying behaviors right now have changed. Uh, what people are buying on Amazon has, has kind of changed and shifted. And I think it's important that we just kind of discuss here for a minute, uh, just to kind of inform the listeners that depending upon the item that they're selling, they may want to rethink about how they're communicating through their copy to their potential buyers. Because, you know, a lot of people are sitting at home right now. They're sitting on the couch, they're surfing the internet, they're on social media, they're buying things on Amazon or whatever. You know, their game, like board games are hot, fitness equipment is hot. Like there's so many items right now that are kind of flying um, off the shelf or not off the shelves, but maybe uh, and Amazon. And, you know, are there, are there things that we should be thinking about when it comes to our sales copy for this? I don't know how, how long this is going to be lasting, but maybe the next few weeks or few months dealing with coronavirus, like, should we be restructuring how we're communicating to our customer right now? I would say definitely, uh, particularly with Amazon, if you are selling a product that falls into the space of being particularly relevant to what customers are buying right now, then you do have an opportunity to connect around something that is at the forefront of everybody's minds. But you want to be very thoughtful with how you're doing that. If you're kind of 
aggressively using that as a sales technique, then I think that's going to be very off-putting to a lot of people. However, if you have some information that might make people look at your product a little bit differently or provide some additional content about how they can use your product in a creative way, or, you know, let's say something that's um, like a, a, a microphone that's really easy to use that, um, people that are now having to do Zoom don't want to have the really terrible sound quality or they have a lot of background noise that they'd like to limit out. And talking about those types of conferences might not be uh, the same way that you would interact around that topic a month or two ago. But now as the average person is trying to figure out how to uh, have a family Easter dinner despite the fact that people are in different households or uh, celebrate Passover with their families in different locations, then you have more average people using products that before might have only been reserved for professionals in very specific spaces. So uh, thinking about how people might be using your products differently or thinking about them differently and then helping reassure them that this is a good fit. I think another kind of interesting example would be, let's say that you sell loungewear that's not just really sloppy looking, but maybe a little bit stylish. And there are plenty of uh, funny memes and whatnot on social media right now about people staying in their sweatpants, same pair for you know a whole week at a time. And I'm not passing any judgment on people mm -hmm. that are doing doing that. But if you sell something that maybe feels like you're not being sloppy, but you're still really comfortable since you're not having to go out in public, then you can mention that again in a subtle way. If you're using this time purely as a to push a sale, then that's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. And I think we're all seeing that right now. All of our inboxes are flooded with companies that are scrambling to try to keep sales moving forward and it feels really out of touch. And so you don't want to be committing those same mistakes with your own marketing writing. Okay. Yeah. I just thought we would mention that, um, you know, with, with everything going on with coronavirus that, yeah, depending upon the product you sell, you may want to restructure how you're communicating, you know, certain features and or benefits and, and uh, just kind of taking stock in the situation. So it's not going to, you don't have to do that for every product, but depending upon what you're selling right now, it might be relevant to shift your focus and your message to your, to your, um, customers right now. Yes. So. Don't force it. So if your product has nothing to do with what's going on, don't try to figure out some obtuse way that you can make it seem relevant because that will probably just yeah. not work for you. Yeah. So just tread carefully, thoughtfully, and, uh, you know, all will be well and we'll hopefully get through this coronavirus stuff in the next few weeks and months and life will hopefully go back to normal. I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic here, but anyways, uh, so let's go on to Emma, let's go on to maybe some best, best practices for listings in general. We're just speaking specifically of Amazon, uh, listing optimization in, uh, let's just say 2020 and beyond. And sure. uh, I, I kind of want to start out with the, with the title right now. So do you have any tips for the listeners out there for crafting a great title, maybe with how to, how to structure the keywords or like what information should they be putting in there? How long should those titles really be? Should you fill up every last character, you know, depending upon 
how much room Amazon's giving you, those kinds of things. So like any tips that you can share for the listeners out there that help them out? Sure. So your title is definitely something that I think will require the most testing to see what works and how people are responding. Uh, it's also something because it, it has such strong weight as far as keywords go that as you're monitoring and adjusting your keyword strategy, you'll be wanting to make sure that your title fits with that strategy as well. Uh, one of the main things that I really think about when I'm constructing a title is when somebody is on the search results page, what are the key pieces of information that they need to understand that this product fits their search query? And even more so, if they're on mobile where it's going to be truncated, are they going to see those key details that are going to make them feel confident that this matches what they were looking for so that they can click into your listing? And some things that people don't always consider is, if you're selling something that is larger or it's a multi-pack or anything that might also be making your price look really different from all of the other uh, products that are going that are also showing up in those search results, you, you may want to incorporate that information more towards the beginning of the title because that's going to help exp explain why yours is three times more expensive, for example. Whereas if you're putting the fact that it's a three pack at the very end, then I'm going to look at this product that looks identical to this other product, but it is three times more expensive. And there's a high likelihood that I'll be more attracted to clicking on the one that looks just the same, that, that is a third of the price. So those are definitely things that you want to be keeping in mind when you're creating your title. And then you also, your title isn't the only place for keywords. So even though this is something that people have said numerous times, I still see it all the time. Don't just make a title that is a odd random string of keywords that's either highly repetitive or makes no sense because it's confusing and off-putting to the customer and it's not helping you if people aren't actually going to end up clicking or purchasing from you. So just putting those keywords there isn't ensuring that you're going to be indexing with those keywords. So if, if they're not super relevant to those key pieces of information, don't put them in the title. Okay. So relevance obviously is, is extremely important on, on, um, so many levels there. So let's talk about bullet points as well. Any tips for great bullet points? I know um, that's another thing that we could talk about too. It's like people just kind of seem to think that just because Amazon gives them all this space or whatever said character limit for that listing that they have to use every last uh, you know possible piece of real, uh, piece of space that Amazon gives them to cram as many bullet points or as, as many uh, keywords as possible you know, just so they can get indexed and rank and, and drive more traffic. So like, I think a lot of people have that mentality, but what would you say to that? And like, what other tips could you offer for great bullet points that you can kind of do things tastefully where you can have a uh, great copy that sells and kind of like a nice mix of uh, keywords that will get them ranked? Sure. So uh, fortunately, it seems like a lot of people have finally realized that maxing out 500 characters per bullet is not a strategy to follow. A huge 
paragraphs of text are not appealing to anybody. And so they're definitely not going to help you in the long run. We like to keep our bullets that we're creating around the 200 characters or so per bullet. And that's a place that I would let, suggest that most sellers aim for. The exception being always make sure to check your category guides and see what Amazon allows for you because there will be some variation from category to category. And so you don't want to be exceeding uh, what you are allowed to create and then having to go back and revise everything and uh, just more work than what you need to. So when you're thinking about creating your bullets, think about the five most important pieces of information that a customer would want or need to know about your product. And so those should be not just the, the specific facts or features, but really the main benefits that somebody is going to be getting by uh, bringing your product into their home. And so particularly the first bullet is a great place to hone in on that runaway benefit, that thing that really makes your product special. And you want to make sure that your bullet point makes that very, very clear. So not trying to squeeze too many things into each bullet point, which if you're, if you have, if you're working around that 200 character guideline, then you're not going to be able to have too many disjointed ideas. But a lot of times I will see sellers where the bullet points jump around within themselves. So within one bullet, it's talking about the materials and that it is compatible with this device and it is uh, meets all of the you know latest safety guidelines and first that's confusing but second from the customer perspective if I'm looking at a bullet and the first thing you're talking about is the materials I wouldn't necessarily expect to be able to find the information about the safety guidelines within that bullet so make sure that you're making it easy for customers to be able to find the pieces of information where they would expect to find it. And so that's why a lot of times you'll see uh, really good listings that have those all caps uh, headers to begin the bullets. And the reason that I like to use those is because they make it very clear to the customer what each bullet point is about so that if they have specific things that they want or need to know, then they can really easily find the bullet that addresses that rather than having to uh, work too hard. Because anytime you're making somebody work, there's a good chance that you're also creating an opportunity for their attention to wander, for them to get distracted by a competitor that's advertising on your page or to just lose interest. So I think the consensus here is uh, just less is more sometimes when it comes to the copy, like just like you're saying, just because they give you X amount of space doesn't mean that you have to cram up all that space. I remember, I don't know if you remember this, Emma, but long time ago on Amazon, they used to give us a lot of space on our listings. I mean, it was almost ridiculous. So people would jam in every possible keyword they could and everything just looked like a mess. Like there was just literally like paragraphs of text, especially in the bullet points, titles, things like that. And it just, it looked horrendous. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, they, that seller was, 
probably thinking, well, I'm, you know, you know, rank for all these keywords. And then obviously as the years went on, they kind of started streamlining things just because they're thinking about their customer in mind. And, you know, we have very short attention spans and we're looking at lots of different products, whether it be on a phone or on the desktop or whatever. So you kind of have to catch people's attention right away. And the second that they're confused about something, the second that they feel overwhelmed, like there's too much text to read, they're going to start losing interest. And then they're going to click on the next thing that distracts them that, you know, that product that's being advertised underneath yours or whatever. So I think we can all agree that you have to kind of be impactful. Like every word should matter. Every, every word that you're using should be on purpose yes. and every keyword should be on purpose, it should be well thought out and it shouldn't be crammed. It shouldn't be filled just because they give you that space. You know, if you can say it in 150 characters, you don't necessarily need to use all 200 all the time for everything just because, you know, or whatever. So um, I, I think we can all agree on that, right? Yes, I'm sitting here nodding my head quite a bit at everything that you're saying. Uh, being really thoughtful about your keywords and not just the keywords you're using from all of the analytics that you've done, but also any keywords that you're putting into your copy, you wanna make sure that those make sense for customers to be reading. So a lot of times there can be really unique opportunities with keywords that are relevant, but they're really awkwardly phrased or they're, uh, you know, a Spanish language keyword. Those keywords might not be the best fit for your bullets or your title uh, because they're not going to flow naturally in the text. And so you have other places that you can put them. So making sure that you're thoughtful about how those keywords will read and, and, and not just getting too uh, stuck on using those keywords in that space. Because again, if you're not making a convincing case to your customers for why they should purchase your product, it doesn't matter if that keyword is there. What you're trying to do is attract people to your page with a strong keyword strategy and then make a sale. And if you're not making the sales, then none of that other work is, uh, is worth it. So one of the things that we can kind of uh, get into here is um, customer avatars. So I think it's important before you even crafting your listing to really sit down, maybe even get out a sheet of paper or whatever and think about who it is that you're trying to sell your product to, like who specifically is that customer? What's the avatar? So like the demographics, the, the makeup, like what are their, what are their um, things that they're into? And that will help you kind of craft the language that's going to speak to them. So um, I don't know if you can maybe speak to that and like why that might be important that you truly understand who your customer is. And like specifically too, like um, lingo, like how does that customer talk? Like what are the phrases that they say or whatever that would jump out at them based on what you're selling them? So obviously all that all this kind of ties in how you're going to craft that language, right? Oh, 100%. Customer avatars are a very helpful tool for any business, regardless of what you're doing, whether you're an Amazon seller or not, to spend some time doing. And particularly when you have an online business where you're not able to interact face-to-face -face with your customers, a, custom, a customer avatar can be such a helpful tool for when it is time to create your marketing writing, or even when you're thinking about other products that you might want to add to your line, all of those things 
will be better informed when you have a really clear idea of who it is that you're selling to. Because if you just have this arbitrary blob of a person, it's not going to, uh, it's going to be hard to really understand what will make them excited about your product or what will, what fears they might have that you can help to reassure them about or any of those other things that might be going on in people's heads. But the more specific that you get, the clearer image you'll have of who it is that you're selling to. And so when you're sitting down to write your listing, for example, you'll be able to really picture that person and then craft uh, your language in a way that will have a higher likelihood of getting them excited and interested. So a lot of times people will hear, oh, who's your, who's your, your target? customer, your dream client, and they'll say, oh, well, it's a parent between the ages of 20 and 40. That is not a customer avatar. You want to go much deeper than that because there are many different types of parents that are in that 20 to 40 year old age group. And the age is really a lot of times less significant. Perhaps it's parenting style. Maybe it's that they are, you know, they, they work or that they're a stay at home parent. All of those factors are actually going to give you a much clearer sense of who these people are, what their lives look like and what they'll care about. Because a stay at home parent is going to have different concerns than a parent that's working 80 hours a week. And so you want to you want to be really clear about that. And when you're talking about lingo, that is definitely something that uh, can really make or break your marketing writing because there's a fine line between using lingo that your cu customers will relate to or expect to hear and lingo that seems very forced and out of place. And some of that is really making sure that you have a match between what your customer, the kind of language your customers use uh, and what that space is using. And then some of it is also wanting to be clear about the, maybe even like how bought in they are. So let's talk about yoga, for example. There are a lot of people right now that are stuck at home that are looking for alternative ways to either be able to exercise or to clear their minds or uh, you know, any of the other reasons that people might do work out all of the kinks that they would normally go to a massage therapist for, but now they can't go to their massage therapist. So all of these different reasons that somebody might be doing yoga for the first time. But a first time uh, yoga practitioner is going to have a very different knowledge base than somebody that has been actively practicing yoga for the last 10 years and has a very specific type of yoga that they like to do and is familiar with all of the different uh, position names and has a higher level of sophistication. And so if you're using those words to sell a product that's more of an entry-level product to a yoga to a you know, first-time yoga person, then that could be really off-putting because they're going to read things, they don't understand it, it's confusing, and so they're going to look for something that feels more entry-level to them. However, if you are not using that language with somebody that's an advanced yoga practitioner, then they might think that you don't really know what you're talking about and that this isn't 
a really professional level yoga company that is going to meet the needs and the criteria that they have. That's excellent. Yeah, I love that yoga example. Um, just some obvious stuff, or maybe maybe not that obvious to the listeners out there, but you should have maybe already have done this before even crafting your listing, probably in your product research phase. But uh, you know, dive into those Amazon reviews. That's the first place that you can start just to get that information that uh, you know how people talk and what they're concerned about. You know, that should have been part of the process anyways. But find out where everybody's congregating online or where your ideal customer is congregating. So if that's in Facebook groups, join the Facebook groups for for yoga or whatever, and just get a better understanding of how people are communicating with each other. What's important to them? How are they talking? The different phrases, different lingo. Um, you know, if it's not a Facebook page, certainly there's you know, many other sources that you, you can find where people congregate online as far as like where your ideal customer is. And uh, those are the things that you definitely should be doing as part of your product research phase, but it'll go a long way to help you crafting um, and communicating appropriately to your target, your actual target customer on your listing. Um, now, one of the things that uh, I kind of want to want to dive into here, I want to talk a little bit about enhanced brand content or A plus content. And also, actually, you know what? Um, I want to talk about images here for a second. So is it important that we think about our images as, you know, Amazon's a very visual platform. Is it important that we think about some of our images that we can maybe overlay text on, on those images? So that way we can communicate something specifically to them as they're maybe kind of flipping through all the, all the images, you know, however many we get. Um, is that something that you would recommend that we do that you know, we maybe uh, think about putting certain phrases on our images, things that would maybe shout out or sell to the potential customer. Yes, this is one of the things that I don't think enough Amazon sellers are doing. And I really encourage everybody to think about how they can thoughtfully use text in their images. And this is beneficial for a few reasons. One is some things are just better communicated visually. So things like demonstrating uh, how the size of something, you know, so like having the item next to something that everybody would be familiar with to give a reference point or how something works. Like there are just some things that when you look at a picture, it explains it so much better than you could with a bunch of words. Uh, however, there are also a lot of images, particularly lifestyle images, that they're helping to set a scene, they're demonstrating the product in action, they're meant to elicit some sort of emotional benefit uh, of, of using the product, some excitement, all of these different things. But when you are choosing not to incorporate text into those images or even into the, the images that are showing size or how something functions, you're allowing the interpretation of those photos up to your customers. And your customers are not the experts about your product. And they're bringing whatever it is that is on their mind at that moment into the reading of that picture. And so if you have... Uh, you know, let's say that you sell a product that is an outdoors product. And so you have a picture of somebody using, uh, for example, it's a, it's a reusable water bottle, but maybe it's a reusable water bottle that's really hardy. So even if you are hiking on very rugged trails and you drop it, it's not going to get all dented up like a lot of stainless steel water bottles would get. Uh, so you want to show just 
how um, extreme this water bottle is and all of the different places that you can take it. So you have this picture and it's a beautiful scene um, and a mountain somewhere, but the, the water bottle isn't even the main focus of the image. That can be a really great sales tool, but if you're just letting the photo speak for itself, then every single customer that looks at it might be taking away a different message from that image. However, when you put a few words onto that picture, now, no matter who looks at it, no matter what they're thinking about, they're getting the message that you want them to get. So it's a great way to make sure that you are emphasizing your key benefits, that you're including those important details about your product, and there's people that are very visual that are hardly even going to look at the listing and will mostly mostly be looking at the pictures for the information they need. So in that case, you're helping those visual shoppers get all the information they need. And then there are people that are really, really thorough and they're looking at everything. And those pictures might be that little uh, emotional push that sends them over the edge where they're finally knowing this is the product for them and they can confidently click add to cart. So wherever people are on the spectrum, photos and incorporating text into them is a really great tool to make sure that you're capturing as many sales as possible. So I think it's important that we know that doesn't mean everybody should run out and put lots of text on those pictures no. <laughs> because uh, less is more when it comes to this, everybody. Yes. So, uh, you know, if you kind of go, okay, I'm going to put this phrase down there and you're like, wait, I have all this other space, you know, on this image here, I could maybe add this and this and this. It's, it's, uh, it's, you have to understand that people, again, we have short attention spans. We see a lot of text. Sometimes we just go, ah, you know, and we don't want that. We want things to just be clean and easy. So less is more when it comes to this. Don't overdo it with, you know, like sentences upon sentences or a paragraph of, of text in your image. Um, that is probably going to have the, a negative effect and might even cause that uh, potential shopper, that shopper to kind of browse off and click on something else. Yeah, people shouldn't have to zoom in to read the text, whether it's on uh, mobile or on desktop. So often I see sellers really trying to cram a lot of text into the photos and nobody's going to make the effort to, to zoom in regardless of the device they're on to read what it is that you're saying. So you're essentially throwing away that opportunity that you had to make a really compelling point. Um, so yes, less is definitely more. Think about a magazine ad. You know, a lot of the best magazine ads, they have a really strong image and they have a really short phrase. And it's almost like you don't feel like you're reading it because the text and the image just feel like this cohesive uh, whole. So try to achieve that with your photo text. So um, I wanted to jump into enhanced brand content, A plus content, but we're kind of nerding out here. So <laughs> you mentioned mobile. Um, that was one of my other things I wanted to jump into, so we might as well tackle it now. Uh, mobile versus desktop. And I think that's really important to understand because a lot of us, as we're probably creating our listings and, and going through the process, we're probably sitting at a desktop computer. So we're, our frame of mind is on desktop and how everything's going to show up on a desktop. Well, we know statistically from Amazon that I think it's maybe 65 to 70% now of all sales start on mobile. Okay. And if you've ever 
uh, looked at your detail page uh, and compared them uh, between mobile and desktop, they're dramatically different. And Amazon is always split testing things. So just because the way I see something here where I'm at in Florida, maybe on the other side of the country or other side of the world or whatever, they're split testing something else for as far as like the layout and the look of your listing, what they're featuring, what they're showing. They're always doing different things. So we have to kind of be mindful of desktop, at least compared to mobile and how things are laid out. So uh, Emma, like what should we be focusing on when it comes to that? What are the, what are the things that uh, we need to communicate to the listeners out there that they should be paying attention to when they're crafting their listing? Like how things are going to show up, the layout. Um, you know, I know on mobile, you know, certain bullet points will be kind of featured prominently in certain spots and on desktop, you kind of see everything. Um, you know, like what do we, what do we need to get into here to, to help the listeners? So one of the main things that you want to be thinking about is that the description actually appears before the bullet points on mobile. And I think that's one of the biggest differentiators. A lot of the things that we've already discussed will only are, are really helping it so that whether somebody's on mobile or desktop, that you're maximizing that sales potential, you know, keeping the bullet points short, making sure that the title, especially the beginning of that title, the first 50 to 75 characters or so clearly uh, articulate what the product is, making sure that your imagery, if you're incorporating text is that the text is short so that there's no additional effort that somebody's having to make to read it. Um, all of those things will help help you be successful regardless of the platform that the that this the purchaser is on. But the main differentiator is if your description is showing up before the bullets, then it's not this throwaway. Uh, section of your listing that it was sort of characterized to be for such a long time. So whether you have a brand registry and you're approved for A plus content or you're creating a, a standard product description, you want to make sure that you're taking advantage of that space to be presenting your product and giving it a its best chance of success. And that doesn't mean just copying and pasting your bullets into your description uh, because there are people that will look at your whole listing and there's something pretty frustrating and even insulting if you're looking for additional information and then you just find copy and paste of the same thing when you go to the next section. So do not do that. Think about how can you still make sure that you're touching on the most important details that people need to know, but how can you present that in a different way? And what's really great about the description is that it's more freeform. So you're not constrained by having to have these this organize this information organized around five key points like the bullets. Instead, you can structure it in a way that makes the most sense for your product. So if your product has a lot of different uh, parts in it, for example, then you can organize that in a list so it's not just a, a big smooshed together list in a bullet, but is rather a very clear and easy to navigate list or you know you you have a skincare product and so you have a few really uh, great ingredients that you're very proud of so you can highlight those in a way that you can't 
with the bullets. You can also incorporate a little bit more of storytelling into your description because you have the ability to control how the information is presented. And while you can't use a really advanced HTML, you can use some basic HTML tags uh, in order to structure your description so that it flows more naturally. Uh, obviously, you don't have to worry about that with A+. But yeah, yeah. which will segue to that now. So uh, what do they call it? A-plus specifically? Now it's not no longer enhanced parent content, right? Yeah, I, mean, I kind of feel like I have to say both all the yeah. time because we've been calling it EBC for, <laughs> for so long, but it's A-plus content now. Okay, so A-plus content, if you're lucky enough to have that, if you're brand registered, you get a lot of extra opportunity to play, to talk more about how awesome your product is, uh, explain some, some more feature benefit type of stuff. But I think more importantly too, to stand out and showcase why your brand is awesome. Uh, we kind of been tiptoeing around that, but one of the things I'd like to stress out there to everybody is that there's so much competition out there. And one of the things that you can definitely showcase in your enhanced brand content, A plus content is um, your brand story, kind of what you're all about. And don't, don't just think for a second that people don't care because based on my experiences and things I've learned just in marketing and business, people really do care about your brand and your message and like what, what you're doing and why you're doing it. So think about Apple as an example. Uh, Apple's got you know, like a very powerful message with their marketing and, and people will buy Apple no matter what the price is of those products because they have such great marketing and people love that Apple was kind of this think and be different type of brand. You know, that's just one example there. And it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, let's just say you're selling that, that makeup line or, or whatever it is. Uh, you can definitely craft a message to your audience, to your customers out there to maybe explain like why you're different, why you're, why you're cool. Like what, what makes you unique? And you know, um, if, if, if you want to use that A plus space to do that, you know, I would recommend that you kind of showcase why your product is different. So if there's a customer that's looking at, you know, two different products and you're kind of in the mix, they're looking at your product and they're looking at another competitor's product and everything's kind of about the same. And all of a sudden they see, they, they hear a little bit about your story or your brand story, or maybe what you're all about. And I don't know, maybe you have some tie-ins to some charities or, or whatever, they're probably going to be a little bit more inclined to buy your product because they're like, okay, these people actually care. There's, there's a mission behind what they're trying to do. And they're showcasing that on this listing here or however, you know, however they're doing it. And I, I think that that stuff matters. People like to buy things from, from businesses or brands that are about something. So I know that was kind of a long winded thing there, Emma, but I think that that is such a differentiator. And if you have that space, with A plus content, yes, you should use that extra space to showcase some amazing visuals and, and uh, you know, some, some feature benefit stuff that is really going to take your product over the top. But um, do not, do not uh, just bypass and think that you can't use that space to tell your brand story. So uh, do you have anything to add on that? I, Bren, I really, you're just saying a lot of things in this conversation that I agree with. And I, I really strongly agree with what you're saying. And, you know, Amazon is different than, you know, it, your own website, for example, where everything that you're putting out there is, uh, you're, you're not competing against other people directly on that page. Maybe they're going to your competitor's website separately. Whereas on Amazon, you are showing up in the search results next to a lot of other people and they might have very similar products. And it can actually be really confusing as a customer to try to work your way through those and figure out 
what is truly the best product. And so something like a compelling story, we're seeing that these are people that are really passionate about what they're doing instead of some, you know, somebody that's just trying to make a buck. People respond to those things. And when you give yourself an opportunity to stand out rather than just blend in, you're also creating a, a, and kind of extending a hand, if you will, to start to build relationships with people. Because I think a lot of times too, selling on Amazon, people really think in terms of products and that's, there's nothing wrong with thinking about the product and making sure that you're selling, that you're choosing products that are going to be able to sell and that people want and, and all of those things. But you also want to think about what you're building that's bigger than that. And particularly if you are thinking about expanding beyond Amazon, then the branding that you're doing is even more important. And I think that we're all seeing right now with everything that's been going on uh, since the things started to shift with the coronavirus is that exclusively focusing on Amazon might put you into certain vulnerable situations that wouldn't be quite so scary if you also had your own Shopify store or if you were selling on Amazon, sorry, on Walmart or some of these other channels. And so a brand is what's going to help you be able to expand in that way. Just selling products is going to be much harder to be successful uh, putting up a a, you know, a Shopify store with a bunch of random products that have no unifying story behind them. So really taking this time to dig into who your brand is and what your story is and how you can communicate that in a way that people will really respond to. Everybody is extra sensitive right now. So this can actually be a great time to build and strengthen relationships with customers that are looking for something to get behind or feel good. Uh, so thinking about that as you are creating your A-plus content, as you are uh, doing some of this sort of deeper work that you may not have the time to do under more normal circumstances, this is a really great time to be taking that extra step to thinking about what it what it is that you're really trying to do with your brand as a whole. Yeah, and people are always looking for that X factor and they're thinking of competition and they're thinking of how do I how do I differentiate, you know, because a lot of what you see on Amazon, you know, you still you still see it and you're always going to see it. A lot of products are pretty darn similar. They might be getting from the same suppliers, what have you. One way to set yourself apart, and I always explain this a lot on the podcast here, guys, if you've been a longtime listener. Is, is your story, is your brand story, what you're about. And, and one of the things I've relayed maybe a handful of times to, to my listeners is that one of my brands, uh, when it really took off is when I started to figure that message out and what, you know, how do I craft and communicate that message as far as my brand, like what's important to us, like why, why we're selling what we're selling and, and kind of we're bigger than just the product and here's what we're all about and the tie into to like charity stuff and this and that. Once I started to communicate that like an overall message, what I noticed is, sales went up and more specifically repeat buyers yeah. and people going, I really like that. I'm seeing that this company here cares more just about slinging products. And therefore I, you know, would sell to them again and again and again. And, and Amazon does give you that space. In fact, they're like encouraging you to use that space and a plus content for, 
things like that to, you know, obviously tastefully and, and, and within their guidelines, but if you really want to stand out, use space like that to communicate that message. You know, if, if I was looking for, I don't know we, what summertime's coming up, if, if I'm looking for some grilling accessories for my grill and I go onto Amazon and I see that, Hey, there's all these really great products here. There's really great grill brushes and, and whatever. Um, if I see that some of them are pretty much the same darn thing right around the same price, but I see that in the, in the message somehow that, Hey, this brand here is veteran owned or something like that. I'm probably going to buy that brand over just some random brand that I have no connection to, or that I don't know anything about just because I figured, well, this brand that's presenting themselves as, Hey, we're veteran owned. And here's a little bit about us, man, that, that kind of hits me and goes, Oh, you know, I, I'd rather give that guy money or that girl money. You know, like it, I, that's how I would want to spend my money. So you can definitely use that space to communicate your, your message. And if you don't have a message right now, if you're just trying to figure all that out, like it's a good time right now to figure out what you're about, what your brand's going to be about. And I would encourage everybody to think greater than just a product because everybody's just slinging products everybody's slinging products. The really, the, the real sauce is to figure out why you're slinging those products. Like what is it about you, your brand, your vision, your company that you could kind of put out there for, for the world. So I know that was kind of a, a long winded thing there, but people are always looking for the differentiation, how to beat your competition. Well, this is just one little extra thing in your arsenal that you can use. And uh, again, Amazon gives you the A plus content space for stuff like this, because they do give you a lot of space depending upon the template you take. You might as well use it accordingly. Well, and one of the really awesome things when you start to establish your brand is that people will also sometimes make concessions on things that they otherwise wouldn't be forgiving of because they want to buy from you or they care about what you're doing. So like, let's take uh, an example like native deodorant. They're pretty pricey deodorant. I think they sell for around $12 a stick, which is you know, I, I think you could go to Walmart and buy a, a standard brand of deodorant for three or four dollars. Um, however, Native has really honed in on what their brand messaging is. So not only are they getting people to spend substantially more than what they may have ever budgeted for a deodorant, but natural deodorants also come with some unpleasant side effects. Uh, everything from irritation to you have to reapply, which is kind of a pain in the neck, which means that at times you might not smell quite as fresh as you would like. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but people are willing to forgive all of those things, even though like smelling fresh is the core reason for right. why people buy deodorant. So they're willing to say, you know what? I'm willing to smell fresh 90% of the time uh, because this is the brand that I want to be shopping from. So, yeah. I mean, that's fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's, people like to, to spend money with uh, people that they care about because if it's beyond the product, maybe if they, you know, if they, I always say like, try to tie in your, your brand with some sort of a cause or a charity as well. And people are like, Oh, that's great. You know, like they feel more comfortable and, and likely to spend money with you than just some random off brand or some giant corporation that they have no connection to. Yes, definitely. Like right now people are able to order takeout and they're not telling themselves that it's because they really don't have the energy to cook dinner even though they spent all day watching Netflix. They're helping to support a local business during a really difficult financial situation. And a lot of that is really just the messaging. And it's 
those it's how how you want to tell the story and give people an opportunity to feel good about the story that you're telling. So Emma, uh, of all the clients that you've worked with in businesses and brands, uh, do you have any data or information when it comes to um, results with when they apply a plus content to their listings compared to when they didn't have it? Like, is there a noticeable jump in conversions and sales that you could maybe speak of? I don't have a hard and fast number that I could provide. I wish I did, but I will say that I've never spoken to anybody that has regretted uh, investing in creating a plus content. It's invariably, whether it's a, just a direct increase in conversion rates or a more subtle, uh, but no less, well, I guess not even subtle, but you know, like a plus can also create a, a great, chance for you to cross promote other products if you sell other uh, related products or let's say that you sell something and you have a few different models of it and it's always kind of confusing for the customer to figure out what model best suits their particular needs like a, a kind of easy one to think about would be like a, a, a portable battery you know, so there's different sizes, there's different speeds that they charge, there's different um, how many charges it holds, how much it weighs, whether it's solar charged, all these different things. But when you're trying to click back and forth between five different listings, your mind starts to get scrambled. However, with A+, you have a, a table that you can create that links to all of those different products, and it makes it very simple for customers to easily identify, okay, this is the one for me. So whether it means that you're not having to do a few different exchanges before people find the right one, or it just means that they are um, actually seeing that this one is good for them when they're at home on their daily during their daily lives but then there's this other one that they wouldn't have even noticed that's so slim and lightweight that would be perfect for all of their business trips that they're taking and so maybe they purchase both of those so that regardless of the situation they're in they have a portable battery that meets their needs gotcha now Emma, i feel like we could nerd out on this for many more hours to come <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I definitely love talking about copy and marketing and behaviors and all this stuff. And I know a lot of listeners really get into it as well, but uh, we kind of have to start to wrap things up here. Now, this has all been fantastic information, Emma. And I know that the listeners out there, as soon as they get done listening to this, they're going to maybe go back and take a look at their uh, Amazon listings or maybe their Shopify listings and maybe make some tweaks and some changes to help them capitalize, maybe uh, convert some more sales, which is great. Um, where, where else can, can uh, sellers or the listeners find you, Emma, after this? Do you, obviously, you have a service, you have a, a business that um, you can speak of that we may be interested in. in um, where, where, where is that? Yeah, so we are at marketingbyemma.com. We're also on Facebook, uh, Marketing by Emma, LinkedIn, Marketing by Emma. And one of the things that we are happy to do is we offer free listing analysis. So if you're not... Sometimes it can be really difficult to look at your own work and 
just know whether it's achieving all of these things that we're talking about, both because you're too close to your product, but also just because it's always helpful to get another perspective instead of eyes. And so we're always happy to take a look at that uh, and just give you some feedback on things that you may want to consider, uh, whether you want to go and do those yourself or whether you'd like us to help you with that. Uh, either way, we're happy and we're really about making sure that we can help as many people as we can be successful selling online. So if you are looking for help, we can help with Amazon listing optimization. If you're wanting to write that brand story, we can help you do that. Uh, we're a bunch of word obsessed nerds and we would be happy to help in any way we can. So Emma, you're telling me that if you know, my, my uh, listing is struggling a little bit. It's not performing to my expectations. At least, you know, when I launched, I thought it was going to be this uh, amazing success that I may have some listing optimization opportunities and I can say, Hey, take a look and see what, uh, what I need to do different. Maybe it's not using the, the correct keywords and, or my, my copy is just all off or, Hey, I, I thought about this enhanced brand content or a plus content. Can you help me out with that? Like, these are all things that you can do to help the sellers out there to craft uh, the best message possible so that their product and uh, their product and sales have the best chance for success. Correct. Exactly. Okay. So that was what marketing by Emma yes. uh, marketing by Emma.com, right? That is right. We would be happy to help. Awesome. So uh, any last words of, of wisdom out there for all of us on this coronavirus lockdown, like any, anything that we missed or anything else you want to mention or, or are we all good? I think I have one more thing, which is in the same way that you're thinking about your customer avatars and, you know, we're talking about brand story. Think about your brand avatar also. Like who is your brand as a person? That will really help you hone in the messaging uh, even more than just thinking about the story. So if you were thinking who... What does your brand wear? What sense of humor does your brand have? And really trying to hone in on that, it will make all of this even more impactful. Okay, well said, I, I love that. Uh, so we really appreciate your time, Emma. This has been amazing and super pumped about this. And uh, we will definitely look you up for our copy needs, listing copy needs and optimization, all this and that. So I encourage you guys to, to check out Emma's services there. But uh, Emma, we will get through this coronavirus lockdown, everything, all will be well, hopefully in uh, no time at all, life will go back to normal. And uh, I, I want to thank you again for taking a few minutes out of your day to jump on the podcast here with us. Thank you so much, Nick. I really appreciate you uh, having me on to talk about all of this stuff. And yes, I agree. We will get through this. Yes, definitely. Take care, Emma. This has been awesome. We'll uh, talk to you later. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much, Emma. That was really a lot of fun. Now, I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation and I hope you took a lot of value out of it as well. Now, if you guys have questions for Emma, then please reach out to her. And again, check the show notes for any links or resources that were mentioned. Just go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash 147. Now, here are a few key takeaways from a conversation that I wanted to share with you all. Now, there could have been a million different ones. There's a lot that we covered there, but I narrowed it down to just three really, really important ones that I wanted to emphasize again. So number one, build a customer avatar. So you should know exactly who your customer is, how they talk, 
uh, what they're into, the general demographics of them, because all that's going to help when you're actually creating your listing. You're going to be able to craft your listing to speak directly to that specific customer. So Emma gave that, that yoga example, which was really good. And basically she said, you know what, if you're selling a yoga mat, are you selling it to somebody that's a beginner or are you selling it to somebody that's more advanced? Because there's a difference in how you're actually going to craft your copy in your listing and how you speak to them. Okay. So that's really, really important that you understand that. So you want to know what your product is all about, what your customer is all about, how you can kind of match those two together and speak to your customer appropriately based on uh, who they are and, and what type of a customer they are to you. So moving on to number two, we talked a lot about differentiating your product by telling your brand's story. So use your listing and the copy and the language in there to set yourself apart from the competition. On Amazon, if, you, if you're lucky enough to have it, Amazon gives you a lot of space and A-plus content to not only differentiate your product and show why it's awesome, but you can also tell your brand story, like what makes your brand so unique or special or your product so unique or special? You know, are they made in the USA? Are, is your company family owned or whatever it is? There's a lot of different ways that you can kind of communicate to your potential customers and what makes your brand and your products unique. So if a customer's looking for a grill brush and they see a zillion different grill brushes out there and they're, as they're clicking on your listing, if they see in your listing that, hey, your, your products are made in the USA and you're a family-owned, veteran-owned uh, company, things like that are really going to set you apart from the competition. So you just have to figure out what makes your brand and your products unique or different and really highlight that in the listing and try to connect to the customer with that. And again, why you're cool. Why, sh why should they buy from you versus the 20 other sellers out there that are just slinging products. So you can use your brand and story to craft and communicate a message that sets you apart. So moving on to the third and final takeaway. This one is really simple and really, really effective in helping you close some additional sales. So this has to do with your visuals or your images that you are using on your listing. So obviously Amazon is in a very, very visual platform. So if you're on your phone, you're kind of scrolling through, you're looking at a lot of images and that's what's gonna help do a lot of the selling. And you can use maybe one or two of those images to kind of enhance them with some text. So Emma suggested putting like a phrase of text over the image and do it carefully. You don't wanna put a lot of text on the image, you don't want to make it so that it's hard to read. So just maybe like a, a simple phrase uh, of text and make it large so that, you know, they don't have to zoom in on it or anything like that. But that phrase of text could kind of guide the customer along with the sale. It could be like pointing out a feature or a benefit or just something important that you can kind of let them know very easily through the visuals that they're going to be looking at when they're looking at your listing. So again, just a simple phrase of text can go a long way to help guiding that customer along with the sale and hopefully again, converting them to a buyer. So again, just avoid lots of small text. You don't want to confuse the customer. You don't want to, you know, make it so they have to zoom and kind of figure out what you're trying to talk about there. So just do it, uh, do it tastefully and do it the right way. And again, that should help you tremendously. So that about does it for today's episode. I hope you guys found this information valuable and useful. It's just up to you guys now to put it into action go out there and make it happen. So I would also encourage you guys to join up in our private Facebook group. So to do that, just simply go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB and get joined up. Say hello to the community and fire away, ask some questions, add some value, whatever it is. We would love to have you 
in our Facebook group. So that about does it for today's episode, everybody. I'll talk to you in the next one. Have a fantastic day. Later. This episode of the Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.